Throughout the season of Lent, I'm going to be walking us through the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Romans 8 is, in my mind, one of those desert island passages that if you want to commit a passage of Scripture to memory, Romans 8 would be a great passage or great chapter to commit to memory because it is such a a masterfully succinct and yet thorough description of what God has done for us in, in Jesus Christ. I love this text and am centering on that line toward the end of the text as the title for this series, which is More Than Conquerors. And we begin tonight with a look at Romans 7 to kind of set the stage for what Paul is saying in Romans 8. In Romans 7, he sort of points to what the therefore in Romans 8.1 is therefore. (laughs) He establishes the problem that Romans 8 describes the solution for. He identifies a struggle, and it's the great struggle of people of faith. It's the war within. It's knowing what's right and yet still feeling compelled to do and choose what is not good for us to, as Paul says, do the very thing we hate. And he establishes the crisis, the problem for which Romans 8 describes the solution. And it's a good text for Ash Wednesday, where we are contemplating our limits, our weakness, and how God's grace greets us in this awareness. So let me read that text for us, Romans 7, 14, through 25. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold into slavery under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells in within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh, I am a slave to the law of sin. Let me pray for us. Lord, help us to identify the the conflict within ourselves and to rest in the assurance of your grace as we experience that war within. Help us to hear your invitation to life and relationship with you. For we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. I've told you before that most of my pop culture references are at least 40 or 50 years old because that's when we're most interested in pop culture, uh, when we're in our teens and 20s. I couldn't tell you even a tenth of what is popular right now. But at the time that I was in my teens, there was a comedian, an African-American comedian named Flip Wilson, and he had a... See, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> he had a, a sort of female alter ego that he would portray at times on his variety show, and her name was Geraldine. And Geraldine on occasion, uh, well, pretty much on any occasion and every occasion of the show would say a particular phrase. She would identify some sort of unsavory detail about her life, some mistake that she had made or something wrong that she should have thought twice about doing. And she would, in uh, Flip Wilson's Geraldine voice, say, the devil made me do it. I'm not even going to try to do it, so uh, <laughs> don't make me. Uh, but uh, she'd say, the devil made me do it. And in some ways, Geraldine's excuse is expressing the same kind of experience that St. Paul is having, although he chooses to express that experience in a very different way. It's a similar kind of observation to what Paul makes when he says, I do the very thing I hate. I didn't want to do it, but Geraldine says, somebody else made me do it. But Paul's depiction of this inner conflict, I believe, is a, a little bit more honest. Because while Geraldine felt compelled by a force outside of her as a sort of almost victim to an exterior foe, Paul says something different. And both of these desires are in me, is what Paul is saying. And I wonder why I have a hard, such a hard time deciding to listen to the better angels of my nature. For Paul, this conflict is between his spirit and his flesh, two aspects of his being. And when we hear that word flesh, more often than not, we immediately think of desires of our body, desires that seem to beckon us to lust or, or to gluttony. But flesh is something actually, it's quite a bit more sophisticated than that. It's actually something more basic than that, because for Paul to make decisions based on the mind of the flesh is very simply, just simply to operate from a place that does not know and does not respond to God, that acts as if God does not exist, that acts as if there is nothing spiritual about him. Another place in Romans, uh, in chapter 1, Paul says, and he, he gives us a great definition of what sin is. He says, sin is to exchange the truth about God for the lie and to worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. And then he goes on to say that the insidious thing about the law about the religious do's and don'ts that are set up to keep us on the right path is that the law doesn't really have the power to accomplish this end within us. 
Those do's and don'ts remind us that we've failed more than they empower us to succeed. They do not transform us. They only scream with the truth that we stand in need of transformation. The Psalms refer to this conflict in a way that I love. They speak about us having a divided heart, understanding and willing to do the best, but more often than not, choosing the worst. It's a kind of disconnection, a kind of absence of integration or disintegration. It's a divided heart where we have good intentions, but bad behavior. And so Paul throws up his hands and says, so with my mind, I am a slave to God's law. I know what's right and what's wrong, in other words. But with my flesh, I am a slave to the law of sin. I am batted around by desires that are contrary to the law. And then he says, a wretched man that I am, who can free me from this body of sin and death? What he does is lay before us a problem. And in laying before us that problem, he prepares us to hear God's solution as he depicts it in Romans 8. And it probably comes as a surprise to none of us that Paul's answer to this conundrum, this war within, Paul's answer to it is not, you need to know the rules better. It's not, you need to strive harder to follow them. It's not, you need to fight your way to victory through a more perfect obedience. It's thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and as we will see, what he will tell us in Romans 8 is, it's not this conflict that defines us, nor is it the measure of our ability to overcome it that is the definition of success in life. The challenge before us is not to conquer sin and strive to win the war against us and against it. It is rather to release our death grip on this religious struggle and allow ourselves to fall into the arms of love. And once firmly in God's grip, let God repair our divided hearts. Let's pray. Lord, you take away the sin of the world and you do so through your steadfast love. Help us to hear your invitation to relax into that love and find the freedom that you offer. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.